Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This weekend, there has been a great circling round, a great knowing our wholeness as a people when we come together. People have gathered from near and far all across the globe Here in Boston, nearly 200,000 rallied. Across the country, we were millions strong. There was even a march on board a research ship in Antarctica, complete with signs that read, Penguins for Peace, (laughs) and Cormorants for Climate, People came and they brought their fierce selves. They brought their tender selves. They brought all of who they are. And we came together to be all of who we are when we are all together. People came and gathered in defiance. People came with outrage, with grief and fear, with determination with joy, and yes, even with hope. As well as all of the marches that happened yesterday, on Friday, Boston held another action, the People's Inauguration. This rally was hosted by a coalition of over 60 groups, including Arlington Street's Social Action Committee. And maybe some of you were there too. Hundreds of people came together to say no to unjust systems and yes to building real support for one another. We were led by a giant Phoenix puppet and by black, Latinx, and Asian organizers. Starting by South Station, we wound through the financial district stopping outside of Goldman Sachs. There we stood and sat and danced. We sang and drummed in protest of the conflation of private profit with public interest. And then we continued until we reached the common. There, at the climax of the rally, we were sworn in as people who will respond to injustice. Leaders took their turns and called us to action in English, Spanish, Somali, Cantonese. They spoke as youth and as elders, as people of color, as trans, queer, and lesbian, gay, and bisexual folks. They spoke as members of unions, formerly incarcerated people, people with disabilities, 
and people of faith. This is what tomorrow looks like, and tomorrow is coming today. Can you feel it? People spoke, and in response, the crowd vowed to show up for anyone who experiences oppression or persecution. We shouted, rise, resist, protect. We inaugurated a new era of solidarity. Participation this weekend in protests across the country was much higher than anticipated. Clearly, enthusiasm is high. People everywhere are committed to acting in love and service for justice and peace. My question for us today is, how do we sustain this commitment over the long haul? When we need when the need for resistance continues in the months and the years ahead, how can we ensure that we will still be present? The danger is that we will show up in the short term and then fade away. This has happened all too often in our Unitarian Universalist history even as other times we have been able to show up for the long haul. Most of us have some identities that carry significant privilege in our society, even as we have other aspects of our identities that are more marginalized. Whether we are white or well-educated or hold any of a number of other identities, the privilege that we carry means that we are not targeted by particular types of oppression. Privilege makes it easier to remain ignorant about oppression or even to ignore it outright. Privilege tempts us to center our own needs and experiences instead of those of people who are more marginalized than we are. Privilege tempts us to comply with oppressive laws that do not affect us as directly. Caitlin Breedlove, director of the Standing on the Side of Love campaign, writes about the journey from compliance through fear to action. She says, compliance is so seductive a response because it involves simply going along with a force already in motion. Compliance does not imply that evil or harm started with us. It does not imply that we created it. We simply yielded to it. We yield out of cowardice. Cowardice organically appears when people are comfortable and there's an absence of courage around us. Social isolation feeds it because it is a sentiment that travels among groups of people, like courage, it becomes easy to accept compliance if we did not accept cowardice first, but are quote unquote, just going along with it. Because courage comes from action and is often contagious, it is not surprising that in its absence, we can comfort each other into cowardice. Caitlin continues, 
but the more I have sat in the fear and discomfort of non-compliance, the more I have known myself as someone with the spiritual muscles to do so. She's talking about practice. She concludes, all the courage that organizing has given me comes from seeing and learning courage in action, witnessing courage from others. My own courage has not appeared because I willed it into existence or because of big speeches I made or because I told myself I should be brave. No, the courage that I have now, which fails me sometimes still in moments of doubt, comes from organizing with black, Latinx, and LGBTQ people in red states. It comes from being in deep relationship and from seeing my political fate as tied to people other than myself. That is the courage that I recognize when I look at Standing Rock. It is not a courage that came from data or facts. It was not the courage of late adopters, those who jump on the bandwagons of campaigns or movements when they seem like a safe bet. It is the courage that leads you to make peace with what side you are on regardless of outcome. We have the responsibility for which feelings we collectively spread, and only by having courage can we invite others to have courage. So how do we grow our courage? We practice daily habits of resistance showing up time and again, acting as consistently as we can. And we heed the voices of people who are most marginalized. And we do it together. Relationship is the thread that binds us in solidarity. Relationship helps sustain our work. We all need companions on the journey. We need people with whom we can process our experiences, people who we can count on to show up for us and who will call us up when we neglect to show up ourselves. So who are your trusted companions? With whom and to whom have you pledged your solidarity? Who do you call on when you need courage? Christy Griffin from the Ethics Project in St. Louis shares this story of the power of relationships in resistance. After Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson, she came to believe that white mothers needed to really listen to black mothers of black sons before they could understand the personal impact of systemic racism. Dr. Griffin recruited 11 black moms for an event called Mother to Mother, and in five-minute testimonials, the moms talked about what it was like to raise their sons in the face of a society that too often assumes that young black men are a threat. The moms specifically shared their experiences of having 
the talk with their sons. Not the birds and the bees talk, but the talk about the reality of racism that these children would experience, increasingly experience, growing up as black males in America. The hope for the evening was to dismantle stereotypes by sharing real life stories and to encourage white mothers to take action to make the world a more just place. After an initial event, words spread about the power of these mothers' stories and demand grew for more storytelling evenings. Christine Griff Christy Griffith soon hosted five more and then another dozen. And Mother to Mother is still going strong. It has spun off related storytelling and witnessing events, father to father, man to man, parent to parent. Most, mostly in the St. Louis area, the program has also traveled and has been subject of a PBS documentary. Mother to Mother is a simple and powerful idea. The mothers who tell their stories have built strong connections with one another. And through relationship, these mothers join in resisting the messages that society sends about their sons. The mothers who listen are invited into deeper relationship too with their white neighbors and their black neighbors. They are asked to join in relationship and resistance to systemic oppression. One example of how this work has continued was the St. Louis Mother's March. Moms of all races came together with their non-mom allies to call for an end for the killing of children especially black and brown children. These mothers came together to hope and work for a world of peace. So one key part of, relation, of resistance is relationship. Another key is commitment. Marchers at the People's Inauguration committed to rise in the face of injustice, to resist oppression, and to protect those most directly targeted. You too can take this pledge to rise, resist, and protect. You can also reaffirm our Unitarian Universalist principles as principles of justice. They are deeply spiritual and deeply justice-centered, both at once, and we affirm that these are not two separate things, but one in the same, happening together. There is a new UU Declaration of Conscience, and you can sign on at uua.org. It is our collective commitment to respond to hatred, oppression, and injustice as people of faith. This is our pledge. Quote, at this extraordinary time in our nation's history, we are called to affirm our profound commitment to the fundamental principles of justice, equity, and compassion, to truth and core values of American society. In the face of looming threats to immigrants, Muslims, people of color, and LGBTQ community, and the rise of hate speech, harassment, and hate crimes, we affirm our commitment 
to the inherent worth and dignity of every person. In opposition to any steps to undermine the right of every citizen to vote or turn back advances in access to health care and reproductive rights, we affirm our commitment to justice and compassion in human relations. And against actions to weaken or eliminate initiatives to address the threat of climate change, actions that would threaten not only our country but the entire planet, we affirm our unyielding commitment to protect the interdependent web of existence of which we are a part. We will oppose any and all unjust government actions to deport, register, discriminate, or despoil. As people of conscience, we declare our commitment to translate our values into action as we stand on the side of love with the most vulnerable among us. Friends, is this declaration of conscience something that you can get behind? Can I get a yes? yes. Good. Will you believe in and work for each person's inherent worth and dignity? Yes. Will you work for justice and compassion in human relations? Yes. Will you center the needs of the people most directly affected by hate? Yes. Will you act on the side of love? Yes. I am so glad to hear that. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do to, as we strive together to build the world that we dream about. Let us continue to work together, building our courage muscle one act of resistance at a time. Let us protest. Let us refuse to comply with the machinations of oppression. Let us build relationships that will sustain us for the long haul and bring us ever more people into the work for justice. And let us cultivate resilience so that when we are discouraged, we can regain our momentum. There are lots of ways that we can cultivate with resilience, and I'd like to close by sharing some of my favorites with you. Ground yourself in spiritual practice. Collect success stories, your own or those of other people, or hopefully both. Rest. This is so undervalued in American society. Surround yourself with beauty, art, music, therapy. Keep working on your own stuff so that you can be fully present with other people. Practice showing up time and again. As is said in AA, keep coming back. Acknowledge your mistakes and try again. Don't expect perfection. Notice where goodness is already present. Seek out hope, wonder, and joy. My friends, this, this time calls for resistance and resilience. My hope 
for you is that you will continue to find ways to make each of these a real part of your life and that you will have trusted companions on the journey. May it be so. Amen and blessed be. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.